the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, the Finance Coast and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis. At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional-level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. This podcast is brought to you by Herenia Capital Advisors, a registered financial services provider, FSP number 47080. Herenia Capital Advisors is setting the new standard for stockbroking services. Herenia is by traders, for traders. Visit herenia.co.za to find out more. Welcome to episode 82 of Magic Markets. I'm busy hiding out at my parents' house because there's no electricity at home. So rather than getting an inverter, I just go back to my folks and enjoy all the joys of having an Italian mom brins, like being made tortellini when I come home for podcasts. So thanks for that, guys, for getting me home for some nice food and a great show this afternoon. Looking forward to that. First, I'm going to welcome Mo, who, of course, uh, does every single Magic Markets episode with me. And then we'll tell you who our guest is this week. Mo, welcome. Yeah, Ghost, always a pleasure. Uh, I guess I have to do this with you as your co-host, uh, but it's also nice exactly. to have another familiar voice on the show. For, for, for long-time listeners, you'll know that from a couple of episodes ago, we had Pietri Redlegais on from Herenia. And at the tail end of that episode, I got really animated, really excited, because Pietri was talking about a lot of the behavioral biases that you get as you go through your trading journey. So I think today, I'm very excited to welcome... Pietri, back on the show to unpack what some of those behavioral biases are. But Ghost, we're going to do this in a, in a rather novel and unique way, something very different to what we've done on Magic Markets before. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done this before where we have voice notes. So Pietri, you get to prove that your community is real, which is exciting. And uh, these people are actually out there trading and you've taught them some good stuff based on the voice notes. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I, I think I just want to sort of immediately say like it's not... Uh, that I've taught them good stuff, right? I think the the primary thing here for for people is that you have to put the work in yourself. So the lessons that they've learned, they've learned for themselves, by themselves, and they've shared it with us, right? Uh, and obviously, you know, I, I think there's a lot of emphasis being placed on the community here. Like within the community, people share information and lessons amongst themselves. So it's not like we're standing on a soapbox and saying, this is the way to do it. Um it's very much a, you know, the onus is on the individual to to go on their own learning journey. We're here to support and help and guide. Um, but, um, you know, some of the things that they've said in these voice notes, I've, I've also listened to them. You know, these are the lessons that they've learned and the work that they've done for themselves. And that is an overarching message, I think, to send to people who are keen on on trading is not, you know, there's no course that you can do out there that's going to teach you how to do this. You have to take... Um, the responsibility for your own sort of outcomes. So yeah, so there's no magic bullet that we, you know, give the guys in the community and say, these are the things you need to learn. Like everybody has to learn their own lessons for themselves. The best way to learn is definitely by being in the arena. It's only when you lose your own money that you really feel it. I can tell you that and tell our listeners that from experience. Yeah, I think that's really what resonated with me. I mean, we're going to play some of the voice notes from individuals within Pietri's own trading community. And I think that's nice because it lends an air of authenticity 
to this particular show. You know, we're not here saying this is Pietri's lesson or this is the finance ghost lesson or this is Mo's lesson. These are actually lessons that I'm sure anyone who's gone through the, the pain of paying their school fees while trading, some of these are going to resonate with you as well. They certainly resonated with me. And when we talk about taking losses, it's it's really, I think what we need to take away from this is this is a constant learning game. Whether you're investing, whether you're trading, it's about constant learning. I'm learning today on this call. Uh, some of it might resonate with me because there may be mistakes that I have made myself in the past. But I think let's jump straight into that ghost. Let's let's actually kick off and let's listen to some of these voices, diverse voices that are out there, see what their own journey is, and let's see if that resonates with us and with our listeners as well. Yeah, let's do it. Chaps, gives me a nice excuse to use this wonderful roadcaster that I bought. I've uh, preset a couple of the voice notes as buttons here. So let's press the first one and enjoy. Uh, this is Dan also known as Trader Dan on Twitter. My take on risk management. Trading is a probabilities and numbers game. So you have to focus on your risk management as a priority. A great idea or entry can fail due to poor risk management. I personally manage risk differently for an intraday trade versus a swing or position trade. On an intraday trade, I target a one-to-one reward or lower, depending if it's a ranging chart or if it's trending. On a swing or position trade, I will target one-to-two at a bare minimum, but preferably one-to-three. The percentage loss should not be more than 2% of your account. And uh, the most important thing is to actually stick to your risk management plan. If you find that it's not working for you, reassess your entry and exit levels. Maybe adjust your position size so you can scale in or scale out. I hope this helps. Um, If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at DCTraderDan. And I do post trade ideas on there. Thank you. I loved a bit of a bit of cell phone noise there. It sounded like he's at the airport, actually, but such a cool voice note for us to kick things off. I want to go first with a question, if that's okay. So, PhD, he talks about the concept of the sort of reward ratio, like one-to-one, et cetera. I think it's well worth spending a minute or two just explaining what that actually means because I think for investors, it's, a, it's quite a different concept to traders, and they may not be familiar with it. I think it's great to learn about something like that. Gotcha. Okay. So, essentially... I mean, conceptually, it's it's basically saying that look, for every time I'm willing to take a risk on a trade, uh, there's a certain sort of minimum risk that I have to accept. Let's say I'm willing to lose 500 rand per uh, any trade. So if I get that trade wrong, uh, I will lose 500 bucks, and this is according to my predetermined risk levels, right? So uh, you can calculate that as a as a percentage of your portfolio. Let's say, for example, you're willing to risk two percent of your portfolio as an individual on any individual trade. Uh, or half a percent, or one percent, or whatever your number is. More than two percent is probably too risky. Two uh, percent is kind of the upper band of how much you're willing to lose in any individual uh, trade, right? So that risk portion of it, let's say that equates to two percent of your total portfolio, and that works out to like five hundred bucks, right? Uh, if you take a trade where you are willing to lose five hundred rand. The minimum reward that you should expect from that trade, or in this case, risk-reward ratio, is, say, a 1,000 Rand. So in that case, you have a 2 to 1 risk-reward ratio. So uh, that allows you to get, you know, you can flip a coin, essentially, 50-50 wins and losers, and with a 2 to 1 risk-reward ratio, you're still profitable, right? So that's why risk-reward is is a very important uh, tool to use 
simply because, you know, like Dan says, it's a numbers game. It's a probabilities game. You've got to have a high sample size uh, to see success over time, right? So a sample size is essentially, in this case, just a high number of trades, right? I'm not advocating that you trade a thousand times a day. Um, but if you have, you know, 20 or 30 trades behind your belt uh, and you see, you know, on average, when you when you get a trade right, you make twice as much as when you when you lose, um, you know, that's going to be a profitable uh, endeavor where that sample of 30 trades are then, uh, you know, profitable on average uh, over time. So essentially, that's kind of what he's talking about there. And then he's, he's sort of saying, um, you know, in different different situations or different methodologies, so intraday trading versus swing trading, uh, intraday he might do a one-to-one risk-reward ratio where for every rand I risk, I'm looking to make one rand. Um, but with a swing trading or overnight, uh, you know, sort of position trading uh, trade, he would rather, he wouldn't accept anything less than one to two. So a good risk-reward ratio is like one to three, one to four, one to two is, you know, mostly acceptable. Um it just sort of skews the odds in your favor so that even if you have, you know, 60% of the trades you get wrong, you can still be profitable if you have a favorable risk-reward ratio uh, as a as a set minimum, right? And on the intraday stuff, obviously, the trading volume is a lot higher. The trading frequency is a lot higher. Uh, so instead of doing maybe one or two trades a week, you're now doing, you know, maybe one or two trades an hour kind of thing. Uh, and in that case, uh, you know, you can take essentially slightly higher risk because you're constantly watching price action and sitting in front of your computer. And even though your planned risk reward might be one to one, you can very easily see if the level that you saw support or resistance had failed and you can get out uh, as soon as possible. So in that case, for example, your one risk ratio would be sort of a worst case scenario um, rather than a, you know, if you're shorting, say, Sassel at 370 today and it trades to 371, you might get out on a, on an intraday trade. Um, and you know if it uh if you're doing that on a swing trade, you might want to put your stop at like three eighty so you could see there's a lot less room for error on the intraday stuff because it's a lot more aggressive and and uh sort of active, so that you might want to have a a smaller risk reward ratio but again, this is what works for him right it's not necessarily what's going to work for anybody else yeah i th- I think Pietri, that point's very important is because i mean tra- trader Dan, thanks so much for sharing your your experiences with us. The, the ratios will be determined by each person's individual style, individual flow. And that's something that everyone figures out as they go through their own trading journey. What I want to do is I almost want to join the dots for some of our listeners. So some of our listeners, we know that you are subscribers to Magic Markets Premium as well. In Magic Markets Premium, we do provide support and resistance levels on some of the global stocks that we talk about. And when I look at risk reward ratio, again, those of you that are subscribers in premium will know that sometimes, you know, I'll say, for for example, if you're sitting between a support and a resistance level, you've got an upside target, you've got a downside target. So that's generally you don't, or I wouldn't enter a trade if the risk reward ratio doesn't look favorable enough. So if, for example, it's, I think two to one on a swing trade is like almost an absolute minimum. So to, to Pietri's point, when you're doing intraday trading, you can afford for that to be a lot tighter, for example. But there's something else I want to bring in here, which is that when you're trading, you're looking at two things. One, you're looking at what is your win-loss ratio on the trades that you put in? So let's say for every 100 trades you put in, you know, you generally want to be on the right side of 50-50 there. You want to be at like 60-40 minimum. That means that you're winning six trades for every four you're losing. And then similarly, if you tighten your risk-reward ratios, that means on a balance, on aggregate, across your win-loss ratio and on a specific trade basis, 
that you're more likely, you're increasing the probabilities of you actually gaining or winning on your trades rather than losing on your trades. So, you know, that's certainly what I took away from, from Trader Dan. Uh, and also, the last point is sticking to your plan. You know, once you figure out your flow, once you figure out what's working for you, what's not working for you, you kind of refine that as you go through. But then sticking to the plan also becomes quite an important element. If I could just sort of chime in here, I think you, you, you mentioned a couple of uh, a couple of important things there. If you're trading like a range, for example, or a significant uh, support or resistance level, that gives you an opportunity in two directions if it's a significant support. One, if that support breaks, there's a short there. Uh, two, if that support, well, depending on, you know, if it, if it, if the support holds, you could sort of tr- do the long trade off the level, or you could wait for the level to break and do the short trade, you know, uh, off the same level. So you have a high probability setup in the, in the sense that you can set a one to two risk reward, uh, ratio in either direction and then just be patient and wait for the break and confirmation of that break and then trade it from there, right? Um, and, uh, you know, to your point as well, if you're trading a range, for example, and you tighten your, your risk reward ratio to to one to one, you would then want to have a win loss ratio greater than fifty percent. But with a higher risk reward ratio of say one to four, you can have a lower win loss ratio, right? So it depends on obviously the intraday stuff. Your win loss ratio has to be over fifty percent because you know if you're not sort of churning a profit every day, you shouldn't. Well, not every day, but if you're not you know for the most part getting the direction of the trade right. Um, you know, intraday trading is going to be a bad time for you, right? So, uh, but there's also different inputs for intraday trading. For example, you're reading a lot more price action, a lot less charts, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think you've put, it to, you've put it together perfectly. You know, maybe I was mangling my words, but you've got to overlay the two because it's almost like a weighted impact, which determines the outcome in your portfolio. It's your win-loss ratio, as well as your kind of risk reward on a particular trade. So yeah, 100% on that. All right, that takes us to the second voice note of three. So in this case, I'm going to press the big orange button and see what happens. Hi, everyone. I am Yaku. I am part of the Renya community since the beginning. I'm a short-term swing trader. And then Pietri made it also possible with the low-fee accounts for the smaller guys to, to trade intraday as well. Um, my risk management for swings consists of a few things. I never have open risk more than 4% of my portfolio. Uh, my journal will show me my open risk. So if I move my stops up, my risk reduces and that will allow additional positions if the market moves to my favor. I never take more than 0.5% risk on any trade. And then also not to overexpose in one sector. For intraday, I will have a fixed amount of drawdown for each day. If that is it, I'm done for the day. The risk amount I use will be 1% of my portfolio for a week. So I divide that amount by five for each day. I'm a very conservative trader, so I try to minimize the big drawdowns. Another thing I do, if I get my first three trades wrong, I will step away for the day, even if my limit down is not it. One gets the day you don't get the feel for the market correctly. So that helps me. And also it helps me not not to revenge trade. The other skill I learned the last two years is to really delve deep into my journal. I will pick up which part is struggling. 
and then I will reduce that part. For example, for 2022, my swing win rate for January and February was only 30%, and mine is normally between 50 and 60%, and my intraday win rate improved. So from March, I reduced my swings, and I've been focusing mainly on my intraday setups. So much cool stuff in there. The nice thing with trading, if you have a bad morning, you can just stop. Can't do that when you have a job. If you have a bad morning, you have to carry on. Sometimes you still have a bad lunch, bad afternoon, bad night, then your kid's unhappy with you. <laughs> the, dif- the difference is that you can have a bad day at work and still get a salary, right? A bad day at trading and you, you're paying a salary. That's, uh... That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. You pay you, you yeah at work you don't pay in if you have a bad day with the markets you pay in if you have a bad day <laughs> unless unless you're an entrepreneur then you have a bad morning you still have to keep going or you don't get paid that's 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 the best of both or the worst of both worlds actually anyway but that's <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed that part of the voice <laughs> so there's a few things in there if I could highlight them uh, one you know Yaku's been with us for a while um, like he says almost since the beginning since the, we we started the community uh, and he's been there to watch it evolve and stuff like that. And obviously I think he's also had quite a big part in shaping the way that we do things, you know, um, essentially what we try to do is design or find out what the clients need and want and build that for them. Right. Um, so in any case, so I think there's a couple of things in there that are, that stand out, like, uh, delving deep into the journal, right. Eliminating your weaknesses. So seeing these are the things that I'm not doing well at, and taking those off of the table, right? Playing to your strengths, eliminating your weaknesses, uh, journaling your trades. Um, you could see he's very, very conservative. He's willing to lose 1% of his capital intraday trading per week as a maximum, right? So that is a very small amount that he's willing to draw down on every single day. And if it gets to that point, he walks away. And that's a hard skill to master is to get up and leave, right? Um, Some of us are losing that in our long-term portfolio every week and we're not even trying to trade. You know, so one, you see, one percent a week a, is good guy. Yeah. So, um, so those are sort of the highlights for me. I don't know. You guys can. Yeah, I, 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 I want to jump in here. I mean, I absolutely loved Yaku's voice note because so much of it resonated with me. I mean, Yaku comes across as very conservative. Um, you know, certainly, I my style when I started out trading was was exceptionally. I guess it became conservative, right? I think the thing that stuck out for me is first of all the distinction again between swing trading and intraday trading, and realizing that. They're related, but different skill sets. And sometimes your swing trading is going to work for you. And sometimes your intraday trading is going to work for you. Um, before I even get into my question for you, Pietri, because I, I do want to get your insight on this. The the drawdown budget and walking away, as well as the journaling, was stuff that resonated with me. You know, it's stuff where, you know, Yaku mentioned something like revenge trading. I, I got into this very toxic time when I was trading uh, at one stage. And I found that I wasn't sticking to a discipline of walking away. And then as your losses stack up, you ramp up your position sizing to try and make it back. And you don't walk away. And, you know, the walking away for me was was probably the most powerful thing I did because it was even more powerful than the journal. I went through, I looked at my own journal and every time I'd made a mistake, you know, I'd written there, stick to the discipline, stick to the discipline. But I wasn't sticking to the discipline because writing down stick to the discipline is not walking away. That's it. It's not walking away. So I think what what was also interesting for me is that, you know, he's got a drawdown budget. So if he hits his drawdown budget, he walks away. That is conservative, but it's a good discipline. It's an enforced discipline. The other one is realizing when you're in the flow, and this is where my question goes, right, is that he says he realizes what works for him. 
And for example, I think he had said he, when his intraday wasn't working for him, he kind of just focused on his swing trading. It may have been the vice versa of that. My question on, to you on that, Pietri, is that if you then stick to what you're, what's working for you, that's great in terms of generating your returns. But does it not then leave you blindsided on refining your process on the stuff that's not working and figuring out why it's not working? You know, how do you reconcile that? Well, I think there's a couple of a couple of things. I mean, I, 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 truthfully, I don't know how to answer that question because you're right. If you uh, never try to improve your weaknesses, they will, you will never improve them, right? Um, but it certainly, it certainly is easier, I think, just to stick to the stuff that you're good at and improve on those. Um, so I guess this is a question you have to answer, ask for yourself. Like somebody um, taught me an interesting concept uh, some time ago, um, which was like, if you find a consistent method or something that you can do, you know, this is specifically with internet trading, that's kind of like digging in a well for water. You know every single day there's something you can do that can get you a glass of water out of this well. You can go dig in this well and you can get water. So what you want to do first is you want to dig enough water or scoop enough water out of this well until you've got a bucket full. And once you've got a bit of surplus, then you can try new things. And if it doesn't work, you go back to digging in the well to fill up your bucket again. And once your bucket's full again, you can try new things. Right? So uh, when, for example, with Yaku, he says his swing trading uh, his win-loss ratio dropped to 30%, so he stops that, focuses on the intraday, uh, and I'm pretty sure that as time goes by, at some point you'll say, okay, well, I've now bolstered up this account again, transfer from this to that, and let's try something different on the swing account, and if it doesn't work, then go back to what's working, right? So you have to have that sort of consistent one thing that you know works. You can't continuously keep changing the system all the time, obviously, but you also have to find your first priority is to find a method that you know can consistently make you money over time. Maybe not every day, but a little bit, a little bit every day or every week, whatever the case is. The idea, obviously, in today trading is to be profitable every day, right? A lot of people manage to achieve that. Uh, but if you can do sort of, you know, seven out of 10 trading days green, then you're on the right, on the right track, right? So that's your first goal is to get there. And once you get to that point, you should have something that you know you know, every time I see the market do this around a level like that, or uh, every time this stock gets close to VWAP, uh, you know, it behaves like this or whatever the case is, VWAP is volume-weighted average price for those who don't know, um, on an intraday basis, right? So if it's trending down and it bounces up to VWAP and it reverses off there and goes back down or, or, or vice versa, if it's trending up, comes down to VWAP and bounces again, right? Um, once you have something that you know is consistent, build up a little bit of fat. And then you have something to put at risk to try something new with. And if that doesn't work, you go back to digging in the well for your for your safe, easy money, if you can call it that. Um, and that, I think, also comes through the power of journaling, right? Writing down what, what works and what doesn't. And you also mentioned something about feeling the flow of the market. So a book recommendation at this point. The late, great Mark Douglas, Trading in the Zone. So Trading in the Zone talks about the now moment opportunity flow. Right. It, the basic concept is if you watch a rugby game and you're booing or cheering from the crowds or whatever, those guys on the field do not even know that you exist, man. They are so focused on staying in the moment and staying in the game. And that is what sort of trading in the zone is about. So that's the zone, right? This moment where you're so focused and enthralled by uh, you know, what you're busy with that other things don't necessarily 
um, influence you, right? So you're busy watching price action or doing whatever it is that you're doing. Obviously, this is from an intraday trading perspective. Um, and you're able to make snap decisions very quickly in a very natural, comfortable way. Uh, and you just kind of fall in tune with the market. You don't really necessarily notice at times that this is what you're doing, but it's kind of like, it's a good book. So go and read it. So that's, I think, what he's talking about. Some days you just don't, you just can't get the rhythm of the market. And you, you know, in that case, it's a very good rule. Your first three trades for the day. Uh, and keep in mind, some of these guys can do, you know, 30, 40 trades a day, right? Your first three trades for the day are not uh, not working for you. Yeah, take the day off. Tomorrow's another day. There's, you know, the JSE or the, the stock market is an infinite money machine. You just need to make sure that you're taking more money out of it than it's taking from you. That is exactly it. I like it. So speaking of digging in the well, we can go digging into WhatsApp for one more voice note that we have time for. I feel like an agony on show host now because this one is from anon. This one is from anonymous. <laughs> so anonymous. No, we'll give her a punt. You should Google her on or Google her on YouTube. Little Miss Beats. She makes lo-fi cool music. She wants to make music for the show. Actually. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so it's not from Anonymous. It is, in fact, from Little Miss Beats. I like it. And here it is. When I first started trading, I didn't know much about risk management at all. And so I was reading a lot and learning things like watching your trade size or knowing your exits before you enter a trade. Or one of my least favorite ones is don't trade in the first 10 minutes of market open which if any of you trade your own stocks, well, that's the most exciting part, isn't it? But none of those rules actually had any impact on my trading until I really learned one principle that really hit home for me. So when it comes to trading, you want to have a statistical edge, which means you, you know, making profits off the market even just a little bit, but consistently over time. And this statistical edge typically takes time to accumulate and show itself. What allows me to be in the market for a longer time? It's capital. If I run out of money, I'm out of the game. And therefore, the only way for me to last as a trader and profit from a potential edge is capital management. And what helps me to do that? Well, what helps me achieve that goal is to cite my trades appropriately, have an exit strategy before I enter any position, and stay out of volatile situations that, frankly, I just don't understand. For me, without understanding the context of risk management and the attractive consequences of great risk management, applying rules for me was very, very hard. And I'm hoping for listeners that have also struggled to implement rules, I hope that they can really understand the benefits of doing this and you're not just doing it because you should or because it's quote-unquote wise or good practice, but because it's the one thing that is going to allow you to keep playing this game and hopefully make a profit. If you lose your money, you go home. That's what I took from that. That's basically that. I think... Yeah. Do not pass, begin. Do not collect 200 rand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay in the game. And I think this sort of resonates with a bunch of things. Or well, what resonates there for me is that she says, um, you know, if I don't understand something, I stay out of it. And this is part of the reason, you know, yeah, I know I'm not as active on Twitter as I used to be. I should probably be a bit more active. But um, a lot of the messaging, I guess, that I've been sort of putting out there publicly is really just, just stay out, stay out of the market. If you know it's wild, it's risky, it's volatile. Like you know, he who screams and runs away lives to scream another day. Okay, um, so when the market conditions are not great, stay out of it. Protect your money. Play defensive. Yeah, I think that that's that's so spot on, right? I, for me, Lomas Beats. I mean, that was that was a fantastic voice note from you. So thanks for sharing that with with us, with Magic Markets, with our listeners. 
don't lose your capital. That's key. You know, I, I think it's it's a lesson that I, I also, I, I never really, until this voice note, I never contextualized that that was a foundational building block for me. It's it, it contributes to why I'm very risk averse in how I approach a lot of my investments is because at the end of the day, your capital is key. You know, that's what we all hear. We're all about building wealth. You know, being in the markets is not just about fun and it's not about posting your pictures on Instagram. And I mean, I know Ghost has lots of fun with this. You know, the guys with the fancy cars and stuff. Uh, Trader Pietri for you, for you, you know, posting pictures of stacks of cash saying, follow my community and we'll give you this. Uh, it's not that. Uh, no traders, just a side note, no single trader that I know is going to go to the bank and draw out the 10 grand they made yesterday, put it on the table and be like, yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. You know, I think the, the the more the more visible the trader is in terms of flashing their lifestyle goods, the less trading they're actually doing, and the more the more hustling they're doing on social media. Uh, for me, I, I almost contextualize it in one very different way, which is to say, it's not about the battle; it's about the war. We're here; we're fighting the long term. It's about a series of battles, and some days you may you may well lose if you're actually doing this. Anyone who's out there trading, investing is going to know you're going to have down days. Anyone who tells you they don't lose money is lying to you. We've all lost money. Uh, it's about losing less than you make and realizing that if you're actually bleeding a lot, retreat from the battlefield, recover, build that back up again, live to fight another day. So, you know, I, fantastic. I have nothing to add there. I think Ghost, you know, what, what do you think about that? I think uh, from the three voice notes, what we've heard, Pietri, is what you've always told us, which is that the community is full of people who have balanced practical views you can hear that they've got experience they've learned the hard way which is the only way to learn and they've now got a good set of rules that they apply and disciplines that they apply in their trading to actually make it work so reality is this is exactly what i mean i already know you've built this which is why i love having you on magic markets because i know it's real i've always known it's real but the point is people are now hearing it from the people in your community and i think it's great actually i think we should do more of this because i think it's fantastic but the last thing to finish the show, I guess, is for those who want to be part of this community to learn not just from you, but from everyone else there, because the best thing about this is everyone helps everyone else. There's a wonderful Discord channel. You know, it's not just you throwing out your pearls of wisdom from your lofty perch. In fact, far from it. I think everyone really gets stuck in and, and helps each other. So for those who are interested, where do they find you? What should they do? And, uh, and, and how do they join your community? But they can go to herenia.co.za. It's H-E-R-E-N-Y-A .co.za. Um, they can either just use the contact us page or, um, you know, open account button or whatever the case, top right of the screen. Uh, go through the process. Uh, a lovely lady by the name of Tracy will probably call you at some point. Sign a million thousand documents. Um, you know, uh, we don't allow funding with credit cards. We're, you know, we've got many, many rules to abide by. Um, and it's a, it's a bit of a process, it takes a couple of days, we can get the accounts open. So one of the restrictions that we have is obviously, um, our account, our community is available to our clients. Um, and that's basically the only requirement to get in. Uh, and that's that. Yeah. And we'd be happy to, to help. And, uh, I think also just to add something, I think one of the things, if people are considering sort of coming in, and this is the standard advice that we give to everyone is once you've joined up. Uh, and your account's open and funded and you're really rearing to go, just take maybe a month or two and watch and learn and ask every question you can think about. Because, um, you know, even over the last sort of period, I guess, in markets, the advice that we give people is don't trade. Trade less, trade smaller. Um, we'd rather have, you know, our clients, our traders survive 
um, the next six months, 12 months of, you know, really difficult market conditions and then stand a chance to really, you know, put the hammer down when, when conditions are good again, then have guys and, and girls kind of just pressing the button and generating brokerage. And it's great for us, but they don't survive, right? So um, the first sort of piece of advice is just get into the community, ask all the questions, attend the morning calls, um, whatever you don't understand, you know, ask away either me or, 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 uh, or Jono or, um, you know, any other of the community members will be very happy to help. Um, and there's no such thing as dumb questions. I, I promise you everything that you have asked or think are too shy to ask, somebody else has already asked. Um, and they will more than likely answer you, uh, you know, faster than what we can even, right? So, um, really just, Take the time to, to learn how to do this properly before you jump in. It's great if you've done a trading course um, and you've got a bit of base knowledge, but that does not prepare you for battle. Like the theory of knowing how a gun works versus, you know, going to fight the Russians. There's a very big difference between those two, right? You need a little bit of uh, a little bit of training first. Yeah, thanks so much, Pietri. I mean, unfortunately, that's all we have time for on this particular show. But, you know, one last comment from me is that it's authentic. It's real. I, I certainly wish that this existed when I started out my trading journey. You know, these, these kind of communities didn't really exist. Uh, and we all paid very painful school fees. I think this community allows people to learn from others who have bled on that battlefield already. And then slowly, you know, start first watch, then slowly get involved with small positions within the comfort and context of this community. Learn by paying school fees, but maybe less school fees than other people have paid in the past. And thereafter, as you build your confidence, you refine your own strategy, you know, really get on the path towards being a successful trader. Pietri, thanks. It's been fantastic. Thanks to your members of your community who have been so open in sharing what their learnings have been with our Magic Markets community, with our listeners. We certainly hope that you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, Ghost, I guess until next week, same time, same place. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Yaku. Thank you, Trader Dan. Thank you, Little Miss Beats. It sounds a bit like a music event. Pietri, we'll do this again with you. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor 